Hi guys, this is Truth or Dare with Chris Christian. This is a podcast that reveals the truth behind entrepreneurship and explores practical strategies on how to sustain in business. It's my goal to inspire you to dream, motivate you to dare, and give you the keys to go out and do it. I believe there's a formula for success. It's 33% about what you think and believe. It's 33% about what you say and present. And it's 33% about what you do. So we're going to unpack today the climb to success. I have someone that I truly admire, that I think is doing not only amazing things, but she inspires me and motivates me through her work through her actions, through just who she knows, what she does, just what she stands for. And so I have today Taylor Barrington Booker. (laughs) She is amazing. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. I don't know who you were just talking about. but (laughs) You, girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm happy to be here. Thank you for bringing me on. So I want you to unpack your story. Sure. I don't even want to try to give you a bio because you have so much experience yeah. across the board. So tell us about your journey in entrepreneurship. Yeah. So, hey, everybody. Um, my name is Taylor Barrington Booker. I'm the founder and CEO of Clickish. Uh, we are an educational hub for female content creators who we teach how to build, grow, and profit in business. So if you're a blogger, vlogger, influencer, YouTuber, podcaster, all the things, and you want to learn how to monetize your platform, work with brands, get sponsored deals, and all of those great things, Clickish is where you do that. And so let's see. I first started in business when I was eight. It started with this lemonade stand that I plopped up at the end of my street using, like, my mama's powdered country time lemonade, (laughs) her uh, plastic cups out of her cupboards, some crates, an old science project, and I made $14, and I was hooked. I was hooked. Bob, um, what was that margin? $14. Because I didn't buy the Country Time Lemonade. Oh, so shoot. for me, it was worth it. I didn't lose no money. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the things that I was going through when I was eight years old, being able to do this was life-changing for me. Really? It was. And it was kind of what hooked me into business. It gave me a confidence yeah. that I didn't have. And wow. it, it helped me seek confidence in a very different way. On through grade school, I graduated born in Tallahassee, Florida, raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, Southern girl. Yes, that's me. (laughs) And then I went to school at Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, HBCU. Yes. I was supposed to go there, but. Oh. It's okay, Mm. because I went to a better school. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, the. First of all, dot com. Let's not. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I went to FAMU where I jumped all over the place. I um, I was in performing arts, went to theater for, I was a theater major for like a year. Really? Yes. I did not You didn't know that. Left theater, went to the school of business for a semester. I was like, mm-mm. That's where I was supposed to go. See? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, I made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> then I ended up in the school of journalism. And graph communication, which is where I stayed until graduation, obviously, Mm. and what I got my degree in. When I was in J school, which is what we called it on campus, I did everything possible, literally everything I could get my hands on. All of those skill sets 
all of those opportunities. My resume was ridiculous. I had a two-page resume before I graduated from college. Same. So by the time it was time for me to graduate, I already had a job. Me too, I just girl. walked across the stage, sis, got in my car, and was off to Nashville. Yes, which is where I worked for my first corporate job in journalism, which was pretty much awful. Yeah, girl. So 12 months of me just like, nah, it's got to be better than this. Mm -hmm. Like, I did what they said do. I went to school. I got my degree. I got a corporate job. I'm here. This is where everybody told me to arrive. And I'm not digging it. I'm not feeling it. There's got to be more. Mm -hmm. So I left corporate, went to be a teacher. Because when you want to feel more motivated, what do you do? You go serve the youth, right? Kids. Right? Love the kids. I love the kids. <laughs> so I was a special needs high school teacher. That's my mom. My yeah. Mom did that. Yeah, yeah, for two years. And boy, man, whew, what a life-changing experience. Mm-hmm. Truly changed my life. So they are who really pushed me into full-time entrepreneurship. I've always been an entrepreneur since I was eight. I sold everything from bedazzled bandanas to Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> I even like did fabric art and put little little sequence pieces on it. You're so a creative that, entrepreneur. Yes, yes. All of the things through college. I always had a side hustle, always. Mm-hmm. But doing it full-time, like owning the fact that I had the confidence or the ability to do it full-time was a push I got from my students. And that's when... I left to go into full-time entrepreneurship. Wow. So then that was university? Actually, my first full-time gig was Maverick Hill. Oh, yes. 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 And uh, Maverick Hill was a, um empowerment-based T-shirt brand. Mm-hmm. Before, like, the T-shirt brands were the T-shirt brands. Mm-hmm. You know, it was Maverick Hill. And then my mom said to me, she was like, uh, Taylor, why don't you send everybody a shirt every month? And I was like, girl, don't nobody want no T-shirt every month. <laughs> like what you talk about you don't know about no business (laughs) but you know after I did evaluate buying habits and what was coming in from Maverick Hill I was like oh crap they are buying a t-shirt every month and that's where I was like let me see if I can make this a subscription yeah so University Box actually became a product of Maverick Hill before it became its own brand oh yes yeah And so when we launched University Box as a product, it took off so much so that I ended up pivoting our focus to just being like a subscription box, a subscription-based business. And this was before subscriptions really were a thing. Yeah, it really was. We used the platform CrateJoy. It was when CrateJoy had first become CrateJoy. Like they weren't even really, now it's kind of everybody who gets into the sub box business knows about CrateJoy. Right. It was the very beginning of their journey too. So we're talking about pivoting because we know that as entrepreneurs, you always need to tinker and Mm -hmm. change with the times and the trends. Mm -hmm. What made you move over to what you're doing now, Clickish? Yes, obviously there was the rise and fall of subscription boxes just as quickly as it took off, as quickly as it tapered. Mm -hmm. You know, like Birchbox, for example, sold for a fraction of what the company was worth because that's how the industry, the subscription box industry was doing, Mm -hmm. which is okay because not all the ideas, not all the businesses are going to be the one that really takes you wherever it is you want to go. But what we did have or what asset we did have at University Box was our ambassador program which was full of college bloggers. And I loved them. I mean, I had that teacher nature to mm-hmm. me. You know what I mean? Like, I loved them. So I wanted to find a way to keep working with them. I remember you saying that. Yeah, I wanted to find a way to keep working with them. So with my marketing background, my educational background, 
my social media background, it just made sense. Quickish mm-hmm. made sense. But it really, really hit me when I did an actual influencer campaign for one of my clients. Um, this was like a consumer brand. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, we, there's this trend, you know, about bloggers, influencers. Can you execute that for us? And you know how they say, you know, fake it, fake so it there it. and then figure it out once you get the job. So that's what I did. Yes. <laughs> and then once I got the job, I was like, uh, okay, wow, this is a whole industry I had no idea about yeah. other than the ambassadors we had worked with. And it really immersed me into the industry. And I started seeing trends and, and things that I felt like could be tended to, mm-hmm. helped, um, improved, uh, taught. Mm-hmm. So that is the solution that Clickish provides like in the industry. So basically, you teach influencers how to transfer their blogging skills to actually money. Yeah. Monetize it. Yeah. I really say we do the full scope of things. So if you're interested in starting a blog or being an influencer, click just where you go to figure that out. Mm -hmm. So we say build, grow, and profit. So you're building a brand. You can build a brand with us. You can grow a brand with us. Or you can profit in your brand with us. Mm Which is so necessary. I think so many influencers just doing out here doing stuff. Yeah. And not knowing not what knowing you're the, doing. the value, the worth, opportunity, the potential, all of those things. And so Which brings me to yeah. why we're talking today. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is an issue that yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs, not just bloggers, mm-hmm. face mm-hmm. is that I have all this value and especially as African American women, yeah, we have to do the complete most to prove that we are good enough to earn Mm -hmm. any money. Yeah. And I know I did it to myself for a long time. I built five companies (laughs) just to showcase. (laughs) We're going to have a conglomerate. We do this, we do that, we do that. We do everything. What you need, what What you you need. need. We got it. Let me give you my website, products, services. And so we do all of these things just to be worthy of opportunities. Yeah. And when our counterparts across, I mean, it could be men, it could be other races. It's almost like they feel like, okay, we're just talking about the idea right now. Mm-hmm. We're just, we don't have to actually do anything, but we will create real live actionable businesses before yeah. we even step out to ask for opportunities. Yeah. Why, Taylor? Do we do that? And I'm not saying you have all the answers, but if we could just unpack this idea of why do we feel like we have to do the most to get half of what we're actually worth? Because when the invoice comes, it's usually not what we actually deserve. Mm. Have you been there? And why do you feel like that's been the case? Yeah, I've been there. I've certainly been there. I did marketing, branding, consulting for a while with a slew, a slate of clients, like a ton, and know for a fact that I was underpaid. <laughs> and, you know, never sent the invoices that I truly deserved mm-hmm. because I was afraid that people weren't going to pay them or that people would walk away and be like, yeah, no. You know, and at the end of the day, I feel like I needed the money. I needed this money to fund another business idea. Or, Especially as a full-time entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. Like, at the end of the day, you got to pay your bills. You got to eat. You got to do yeah. do the trips. Keep up with the girls who got corporate gigs and, yep. you know, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But why we undervalue ourselves, I don't know. I, I, you think maybe it might be fear of rejection? I think that it has a lot to do with being a minority of a minority. Yeah. I think growing up as black people, we yeah. don't feel equal. As mm. women, we don't feel equal. And so putting both together, you kind of feel that way when it's actually not the case. I mean, obviously the black girl magic thing has happened. Yes, I, I and I'm here for it. I despise that, that word. I do not like oh, black okay. girl magic. This is okay. not magic. I'm not, I'm not pulling this out of my sleeve. This is brilliant, <laughs> baby. This is brilliant. I have genius in here. Like, what are you talking about? So let's like rephrase that. Yeah. But... I think that people now see, they're starting to see like, wow, black girls really have it. And I think that comes with resilience, that comes mm -hmm. with just the power of our creativity, all these different things yeah. that we have, but not until we do it, do we see it? And not until we get validated, do we see it? Mm -hmm. It takes a Forbes article to see it. It takes someone reaching out to see it when, and we're the same person we were the day before. Yeah, for sure. So it's Absolutely. like, how, how do we, get it ingrained in our head that you are enough, that you've done enough, mm -hmm. that you don't need to check off any more boxes, that you can talk to Forbes today yeah. and you will get it. Like yeah. it, it's not, I think that it's just this whole idea that's ingrained that we need to do more than what we've already done to be equal, mm -hmm. just to, to say we're the same when we, we already are the same or more just come yeah, and stepping foot in the we room. We are. I think that black women are some of the most talented, resourceful, brilliant, creative, like oh. beings. You know what I mean? Like we are, I know that you say you despise the term, but I really do feel like we're magical because, you know, magical creatures, I don't feel like you could duplicate. True, you know what I mean? True, like true. you can't duplicate a black woman. Like we are who we are. That's true. <laughs> You give us a problem to solve and we solve it. Yeah. You know, you give us something to fend for and we fend for it. Yeah. You know, like we are irreplaceable. I, ooh, yes. And I think it goes back to what you were saying is the confidence. Yeah. The confidence portion. And I don't know yeah. what that is. It, I think it has it has to do with years of history. I mean, you just backtrack. Yeah. Like we've, as just black people in general, like our, our journey here in the United States has been a history of proving ourselves. Yeah. Proving yeah. why we should not we be should slaves. Be yeah. Proving why we should be able to vote. Proving why we should be able to have equal opportunities to go to school. Proving why we deserve the same positions as everybody else. Yeah. I mean, it's just, we've always been in the position of proving ourselves because what has been ingrained in us is that we need somebody else's approval. Approval. Yeah. And that's what I want to stop today. Yeah. Today. Yeah. We have done enough. We are wow. enough. We we have enough creativity to go out as is. Yeah. <laughs> as is. We don't need to package anything up. We don't need to put a bow on it. We don't <laughs> need to look. Because guess what? These people are here yeah. getting these money, honey. Yeah. They getting this money with a proof of concept. Yeah. With an idea. With a with beta. With, yeah. no, with yeah. nothing. With with something written down on a, on on a, a napkin. Let me Lily. draw you a diagram. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is what it this, could This be. is what it, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, really what sells ideas, this whole concept of what you're talking about, is not the idea itself. It's the people. It's what people buy into. The people who are securing the bag or getting the money 
are because people like these people. Yeah. You know, we have to stop putting our value in our Business. work. Yes. And realize that it's you. It's you who people are buying into. If yeah. that ain't the truth, because I yeah. was just fame enterprises, fame events, yeah. Chicago French Press, all these mm -hmm. names that I've created. Yeah. When, guess what? People want to know about Chris Christian. Yeah. People want to know about Taylor Barrington. People love clickish. Yeah. People love it. Don't give me, but yeah. they love it because you told them about it. Mm. And that's a part of your story. Yeah. Not because this entity was anything outside of who you are. It reflects you. Yeah. So I want to talk about when we do get these corporations, because we have goals and there's nothing wrong with having goals. There's nothing wrong yeah. with wanting to be on the Forbes list or be, you know, connected to larger entities. Cause I think that that just builds your brand equity and allows other people that may yeah. not know you. It's an automatic thing. So yeah. I don't want to down, you know, downplay those things, but have you ever been in a situation where you get these opportunities and you self-sabotage? Yeah. Or you, you know, like I, I was telling you <laughs> earlier, like I am struggling right now because yeah. literally a client that was on my bucket list mm -hmm. for years had just reached out to me about, you know, getting, signing on, doing the PO right now. And mm -hmm. I have not sent this invoice. I'm sitting on the invoice and I'm like, everybody else would have been like, boom, Here today. It Here yeah. it is. Same. But but for <laughs> some reason, I just can't push send because of something. I don't know what it is. And maybe it's because it's the fear of not wanting to do more work. Like at the end of the day, when you get big opportunities, too much is given, much is required. Yeah. So it's like, I've already done this for eight years. Yeah. Damn it, I gotta it's do more. It's the next level. Why do we do that? More importantly, how do we overcome? And what are maybe some tools that you've used to get beyond that feeling of, I'm not supposed to be here. I don't want to do this. Or, you know, when those big opportunities come. When those big opportunities come. Because you got some big... I think I'm Still dealing happy. with it right now. It would be a shame for me to sit here and say I got all the answers because I'm dealing with the same thing, Chris. Like, and we talked about this. Like, sometimes in our head we say multiple things that we say to ourselves. It could be I'm not ready to take it to this next level because I know since I pressed the send button, I have just elevated my career. Am I ready for that? Am I mentally ready? Am I physically ready? Am I spiritually ready? Because as soon as that invoice gets satisfied, right. it's time for you to show up. <laughs> It's time for you to what show you up <laughs> and show out. You know what I mean? Because we never want to dream so big and then get that opportunity and then, and then bomb. And then bomb it. You know what I mean? But that's inevitable, though. But what it's inevitable. If you kill it. But yes. What oh, my God. You, yeah. And, and that is but you're not going to kill all you. of them. But, you, but what if you kill it, though, is the big question. Yeah. It's the big question. What if you do kill it? And when you do, because obviously yeah. you're going to, because you got it. Yeah, because you're, and you've you're killed a black woman. Else. Right. <laughs> and nobody could do this job better than you. Right. At the end of the day, nobody, nobody could do it better. Nobody can execute it better. Nobody's going to do it with as much excellence as yes. you. Like, you are the best person for, for the, the job. job. Period. Point blank. Period. Point blank. Like... The other thing is I feel like, you know, big opportunities, we feel like we have to be in a certain place in our life to be ready to receive them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like having that conversation with yourself, have I done enough? Mm -hmm. You know, 
Whereas there's some people who are walking around, they're getting these big opportunities and have done nothing. Right. Nothing at all. But they believe. Yeah. They, they, they just believe that they that, could do that it. That just, there's just some magical thing in the universe that just attracts them to big opportunities. And, yep. and they here they it. are. And the sad thing is when they do get it, they do bomb and they do fail. Yeah. A lot of times then they come back to people that may have questioned themselves that could have got the job in yeah. the beginning. But yeah. they may not have had the confidence or the, you know, whatever, where yeah. we thought to just reach out about it so it is a lot about confidence and being able to back that up as well mm -hmm. so in terms of pivoting mm. i want to touch on that because yeah. you have to pivot Oof, this you have to keep pivoting to keep going because yeah. you're not going to have it's not going to be right the first time mm -hmm. when do you know to pivot when did you know to pivot and what was like the light bulb now let's go let's move mm -hmm. let's activate let's change yeah i think the art of pivoting has a whole lot to do with everything but you when you put an idea out right you put a business idea out this is everything that's in your head most people who probably go about it you know backwards mm. they come up they ideate in their head and then they put it out there if you do that you should likely expect to pivot because at the end of the day, your business has absolutely nothing to do with you. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the fact or the idea that your business should serve you. It's not like a successful business serves the people who are receiving the, the product or service that yeah. you're putting out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? If what you're ideating in your head is what you want, it's likely wrong because yeah. your customers and your clients will tell you otherwise. Which means that if you want it to be successful, if you want to maximize your business potential, you better get ready to pivot. You just you just got to get ready for it. Like so it's inevitable. Real. Yeah, That's so real. So when you've pivoted, have you felt like something died, like a baby left? Like, no. like how did, did you or did you feel like what did you have to do to get you to the other side of the business? Girl, nothing. I just deleted everything we were doing before and went and just oh, walked right on into so it. So it died. You killed that shit. Uh, yeah, I did. But I silently killed it. I guess it was like one of those, you know. So it wasn't a big announcement. It wasn't. And it doesn't always have to be. Yeah. Going in a new direction doesn't have to be. The people are strapped in for whatever you give them. So if you say. That's good. If if you say well, this is what we're getting ready to do the next day, they strapped in for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially if whatever you pivot into is better for them. Of course they're going to be they're there down. for it. Yeah. Right? Right? They're going to be like, yes, for this pivot. Yes. I was you know waiting I mean? for you, girl. <laughs> yes. I was waiting for you to get here. Yeah. I was waiting for this to do this for me or to solve this problem for me. Like, yeah. Yeah. Don't, stop being married to your idea and married to what they need. Like, yeah. married to what? Be in a constant space and mindset of service and, like, serving other people and that, I feel like success is in service, truly. Yeah. Bomb. You success bomb. Success is in service. Yes. That's a quote. <laughs> what? Success is in service. Yeah, I, I, I really do. I truly. <laughs> That's good. If you can be the best at serving people, your, your bank account will be the best, I guess. You know? Right. Like your, your business will be the best. You know, you'll be the best reviewed. Like, because people love it regardless. Yeah. Because people don't want to spend their hard-earned money in places where they don't feel like the business and the company appreciates them, them or 
is doesn't have their best interest at heart. Yeah. You know what I mean? So keep that in the forefront. Yeah. Talking about this this idea of product versus community. So I did not realize early on mm-hmm. in my career that I needed to have an audience to market to. Yeah. I just was like, this is a great idea. So my first business was a jewelry company. It was called yeah. Couture by Kristen. Yes. And I had little jewelry pieces and I was like, this is great. Mm-hmm. And then I looked up and I was like, I don't even have a Facebook page. This was like a long time ago <laughs> to show people these beautiful campaigns. Right. Why is creating a community of people first yeah. so important? to especially the entrepreneurs that are starting new businesses versus creating a product first where, you know, they spend three years on and then market to no one. Nobody. Yeah. Okay. So I'll start with, this is what Clickish did. This is what actually I've done with all my businesses. I built the community first and then put an ask. Yeah, you've been on. What? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm, 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 marketing is my wheelhouse, right? That's my space. It's my superpower. It all goes back to what I just talked about, service. Right. Yeah. You putting a product in front of somebody is all about you because you want them to go buy your stuff and make you money. (laughs) (laughs) I did. That's all about you. Right. When really what people want to know, you know, when you're doing, for example, a jewelry business, what people really want to know is like how to be fly and fabulous or how I wasn't on to be fly and fabulous on a budget. You know what I mean? Like that's what people want to know. Yeah. Right. And then you put a solution in front of them. You build a community around that conversation and then you put a solution in front of them. That solution could be styling services. It could be a jury. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, whatever you want it to be. And that's in that same Space, Space, right? You have to come from a space of how can I be a solution for people just without an ask first. And once you get that buy-in, that emotional buy-in from people, it's much easier to make a sale because now they know that you're an advocate, one, for them. They trust you. But they know you that, Mm -hmm. and they trust you, exactly. And so it's a lot harder to sell something to strangers than it is to people who know you. You know what I mean? You've already given so much to to, for free, for free, for free. And then all of a sudden you flip on a switch and it's like sell, 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 sell. You know what I mean? And so focus on building a community around your industry. For us, it was we did a lot of education around blogging and content creation first before we even put the Clickish Membership Club in front of people. Yeah, you know. And so now that it's time, we, we just opened our doors a couple of weeks ago, but... Yes, tell us more. Yes, the Clickish Membership Club is our $7 membership club. So... Yes, so affordable. affordable, right? But I think it has a lot to do with our inclusivity as a company. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't want price to be a barrier yeah. for people. If you want access to figure out how to live your dreams and your passions, a dollar amount shouldn't be between you and that. Right. Right. However, we are a business. Right. <laughs> you have to make money. Girl, stop. <laughs> we are a business, right? So the Clickish Membership Club is a space where bloggers, content creators can come to learn how to build, grow, and profit. We do that through expert-led courses. 
workshops and also through like our private Facebook group, community group, where you have your own community of like-minded women, your tribe, your clique, okay. right? Your inclusive clique. Yes. And then you uh, you also get access to like periodical brand deals. So when we work with brands, mm-hmm. we'll serve that offer to our community. I love that. And a lot of other great things that we're working on. But I'd certainly invite everybody to go check it out yeah. at clickish.co um, and see see what we're doing out here. But, you know, certainly build a community first. Yeah. Um, build a community first. And when we put the Clickish Membership Club in front of our community, they were like, yes, yes. sign me up. Yes. You know what I mean? And so now we took all of this free content that we were giving folks and we put it behind the Clickish Membership Club. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really good package deal for influencers because you can't get everything in one place like Mm -hmm. that, period. No, you can't. (laughs) And the beauty of Clickish is I don't believe that one person knows everything, but I believe every person knows one thing really, really well. And, like, we tap into superpowers. So if, if said person... Like, Chris, you are great at marketing and, like, digital branding, right? If you were to come teach Clickish, that would be your wheelhouse, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of people try to be all the things, and you're, you, you can't tap do into what you do really focus. well. Focus. focus is important. Niche and focus is yeah is it right so we work with experts so if it's an seo expert if it's a paid social expert if it's a pitching brands expert if it's a contracts negotiation expert these are all the experts that make this beautiful like curriculum (laughs) this beautiful curriculum but Mm -hmm. also click right (laughs) um inclusive click guys inclusive um that is clickish Thank you so much for listening to Truth or Dare with Chris Christian. This was an amazing conversation with one of my really great boss friends, Taylor Barrington of Clickish. And so if you haven't followed Clickish, please do. It's C-L-I-Q-U-I-S-H. You can find them on Instagram, all on social, Facebook. Their website is clickish.co. And so please join the movement. Taylor has been going around the entire country, rallying influencers everywhere. So please follow her movement. One thing that I really love that we talked about today was the art of pivoting. And every entrepreneur has to go through this because you have to tinker to get to the goal. You have to change, make updates, enhance your product, your service. And it's so important to listen, to really get the pulse of your audience and how they're gauging your product or service so that you can improve it to be the best that you can offer and be a winning business. And so one thing that she said was going in a different direction doesn't have to be a big announcement. The people are ready for what you give them, especially if it's better for them. This could not be more of the truth. I think that a lot of times entrepreneurs are in our heads about should I change the name? Should I move in a different direction? Should I upgrade the packaging? Should I change into a whole different industry? And the answer is, I don't know. I I can't tell you what it is, but you know, you've heard your audience 
you know the signs, right? You have your ear to the streets. You have your ear to the trends. You know what's happening and you trust that can decide based on the knowledge that you have through experience and through the resources that you have. It's when you make that decision to pivot how you do it. It doesn't have to be a big announcement. It can literally be, this is what we're doing today, guys, and this is how it improves your experience. Please send me feedback in in deleting what was there before, if this is, you know, if we're talking about social media. So don't be afraid to pivot and change. No one's judging you. In fact, people will be happy and ready for a better product or service. Another thing that Taylor said, number two, is a successful business serves the people who are receiving receiving the product or service you're putting out there. It's not about you. It is about the people. And if you can focus on what people are demanding and what the people want in a service, you can win. A lot of times, although our brands inform the direction of a business, it doesn't always have to be centered around our personal preferences. I think this was a mistake that I made starting out my first business, the jewelry company because I was focused on providing jewelry that I liked. And yes, other people definitely have a similar taste, but the focus should have been more on what does the average working woman, what problem or challenge does she face when styling herself, especially around accessories? And so that was the problem and the solution was that I had these custom statement pieces that could be seen in the boardroom as well as a party. Building a community around that challenge and giving them advice and how to be stylish in a corporate America and outside of of work, that is where I should have started. And so um, that leads me to the third takeaway, which was it's about your community and what they want and not about your personal preferences solve problems activate on obstacles as taylor said and i absolutely love was successes in service it's about serving people not serving yourself and if you can put people first in everything that you do internally people being your employees your service providers your staff whoever that is and people outside being your community your customers your clients focusing on people you will win. That is all for this week. I really hope you all enjoyed our conversation. And again, please stay tuned to next week's episode with Taylor Barrington, which is a part two of this episode. Talk to y'all soon. You've been listening to Truth or Dare with Chris Christian, a podcast that reveals the truth behind entrepreneurship and explores practical strategies on how to sustain in business. You can find the podcast every Monday at chrischristian.com backslash podcast.